We can talk about anything you want as Jake wants his ignorance. Yeah, I saw you posted a new episode, but I couldn't figure out what it was about. Something about your backyard or something? Welcome to Jay Flaunts' Ignorance, episode Backyard 3. This is a very noisy format where we went into the backyard with lapel mics, and there's lots of dog noise and all kinds of stuff going on, so if you don't like this format, just go into the podcast feed and skip all the episodes, backyard, and then a number. In this episode, we're reacting to two different episodes of a much better podcast than this podcast. That podcast is called Strict Scrutiny. And the first episode that we're reacting to is from October 17th, 2022. And the title of that episode is Pigs, Prince, and Proven Innocence. And then later in the afternoon, when we went out to play with the dogs for the second time, uh, Chris was talking about a different episode posted on October 24th. And that one's titled Credible, Why We Doubt Accusers and Protect Abusers. So, uh, please go listen to the Strict Scrutiny podcast. I'll have links in the in this episode's show notes to that much better podcast. So, uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast where we're reacting to a much better podcast. Thanks for listening. Did you have to go on special food for the lip thing or no? What's up? Did he have to go on special food for his lip thing or not? No. No, they just said... Uh... A little bit of soft food when we got home, and then after that, you know, just feed him his regular food. Missy, come on. You gonna go? You gonna chase it? Uh, so did you listen to the episode Pigs, Prince, and Proven Innocence? Oh, I, strict scrutiny? I didn't. Actually, I skipped to a different one. Um, the one that's the one newer than that one. But wh- what's that one about, anyway? Well, that, that's the one I'm half prepared to talk about if you want to talk about that one. Oh, i didn't i didn't know you wanted to talk about one of them the newer one uh yeah i can't talk i don't i'm staring at the discord channel where i took notes so yeah so on the the pigs one so apparently one of the things under the in front of the supreme court right now is that uh the state of california passed a law which said hey uh, pig crating is illegal. Those gestation crates they use for pigs, right? Yeah, I'm are, actually not are sure you familiar with those. No, I'm not. Oh, so the way that they will, um, when new piglets are born, the mom is locked in. He's she's basically squeezed into this tiny thing that's barely big enough for her body, like at all, so that all the little piglets can feed, and the mom can't move. And the mom's stuck there for, I don't know if it's days or weeks or months or whatever. These They're called gestation crates. Why do they do that? Uh, it's more efficient. Like, so, how is it more efficient, I guess? So the, the piglets can get better access to the nipples, like, unrestricted by the mom moving around and stuff. So the piglets will grow faster. And they don't give a shit about whether or not the mom is, you know, suffering. Man, that just seems, that does kind of seem a little fucked up, but. Yeah, so pig gestation crates are, uh, in my opinion, really bad. And if all your pork is produced through that means, that's really gross, right? And I'm not trying to throw stones or anything because I my grandfather was a pig farmer, and I don't know if they had gestation crates in their pig operation in Iowa or not. Yeah. Or whatever. Plus, I've you know eaten pig products my whole life, so it's not like I have a moral high ground or anything, but... 
it does seem like the right thing to do to get rid of gestation crates. So anyway, the California said, yep, we're going to get rid of gestation crates. Kind of like I was really happy when uh, Costco's eggs were all cage-free all of a sudden. Because I had been going out of my way to buy cage-free eggs forever. Yeah. Uh, And there's a whole thing about that that we could talk about. So that's not as good as I thought it was originally. But anyway... So the pig gestation crates, California said, look, in the state of California, you cannot use these pig gestation crates. And law passed, right? But the law also said, and if you use pig gestation crates, you can't import your your pork products to the state of California at all, right? So because California has millions of people and tons of interstate commerce, right, a ton of pig products were being imported into the state of California that were made like pigs from Iowa, right, where there is no such law. And all the lower 48 states that are raising pigs, there is no such law. So Iowa, obviously, who has not voted for such a law, is upset that a big chunk of their market, meaning all the shit they're ship, they've been shipping to California for decades, is suddenly barred by California state law. So... It goes all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is deciding on a case actively now about whether or not it's legal for California to set whatever laws they want to set regarding what products can or can't be imported into the uh, into the state. Right? Yeah. So the <laughs> God, you guys. <laughs> so I, I find this really interesting in that the. Supreme Court is very overturned Roe v. Wade saying, look, it's not for the federal state or sorry, it's not for the federal government to decide these things. States are supposed to decide. Right. And small government and politicians on the right and whatever want states rights restored. Uh, They're like, look, people locally can make better decisions than Washington, D.C. can make for the whole country. Right. So all these small uh, sorry, all of these states rights arguments and legal infrastructures and efforts about placing all the correct judges and all the correct uh, layers of our judicial system to restore state rights. And then California is like, great, we've got state rights. So what we've done is we've passed a law which fucks over Iowa pig farmers, right? (laughs) Like Iowa pig farmers can no longer uh, sell us the product that they've been selling it the way that they've been wanting to make it, right? So the Supreme Court now has to decide how exactly federalism works in terms of state commerce. Is it true that any state can decide anything they want to decide and all the other states, you know, just suck it as far as interstate commerce goes? Or is it true that the federal government can override whatever the states want in the name of interstate commerce, right? Because the federal government is the regulator of interstate commerce, right? Because the state of Nebraska can't regulate interstate commerce in and out of uh, interstate commerce, by definition, is the commerce that happens where multiple parties are involved. And the Supreme Court of one state is in charge and the Supreme Court of another state is in charge of the other state. Right. So you need a court that can decide on behalf of both parties simultaneously. And that's the federal government. Mm -hmm. Right. All that making sense so far. Yeah. So. I think it's really interesting whenever they argue for state states' rights or 
the whole movement to, I think we talked about it, the movement to um, uh, ratify the Convention of States. You remember me talking about that? Yeah. So the whole Convention of States thing is, oh, look, we've got this... uh, We've got this thing in the Constitution which says that if right. a, a certain number hey. of states... Come here, buddy. Yeah. If a certain number of states all agree, they can form a legislative body where the Congress, the U.S. Congress, no longer has control of what laws are being passed. The states are in control of what laws are being passed. So this is an entirely Shit. parallel... Uh, infrastructure system that's being proposed in this convention of states, which says that, hey, the states are in charge, the states vote, the states decide, and that's how it works. Not uh, we elect representatives, we send them to Washington, D.C., and then Washington, D.C. decides on our behalf, right? So, anyway. I found that really interesting because the pig crate thing is going on right now, and for me, it's kind of just an intellectual bellwether test of a bunch of other stuff. So in this episode of this podcast, it was about an hour and a half or something. Um, in that podcast, they were talking about, well, the pig crate thing is interesting. What about if one state decides that you can't, um, you can't sell any products here if you have uh, trans-exclusionary uh, policies, right? Mm-hmm. Or... You can't sell any products here if your employees aren't vaccinated. Or, you know, so all these things about uh, what one state can say, which affects other states because of interstate commerce, because all 48 states are selling stuff to all 48 of the other states constantly, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Is any of that at all interesting? I, like, I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of complicated to me, but. Well, the the concept of federalism is really is fascinating, right? So you you have you have fifty quote independent end quote <laughs> states, right? And then you have the national government, and some things the national government can decide things against what the state would decide on its own, and other things the federal government says, oh. No, you can decide that on your own, right? That's completely up to you, you know? And when <laughs> the federal government decides to or decides not to uh, flex those powers on uh, uh, on states' rights is really interesting, right? So the pro-states' rights people are like, no, we don't want Washington, D.C. telling us what to do all the time. We're Nebraskans. In Nebraska here, we'll decide what's best for Nebraskans, right? Okay, that sounds okay, but how does interstate commerce work when Nebraska on the daily is importing tens of millions of dollars worth of products from 50, you know, 49 other states? <laughs> uh, maybe not daily from Hawaii. I don't know. Maybe daily from Hawaii. I don't know. So, well, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I feel like, um, I think what what is do you know what the amendment is uh that talks about uh interstate commerce are you intentionally standing on her yeah oh okay because she keeps wanting to walk over there <laughs> uh no i'm not a constitutional scholar i don't know well i can't but the, you know which one i'm talking there is a a part of the constitution that says the federal government has the right to regulate interstate commerce uh-huh now 
my understanding was, and, and this is what might get um, the pig regulation in trouble, is that the original interpretation of that, or what they originally meant, was to make regular. <laughs> right? So, let, let's, let's just pretend, whoa, let's just pretend that that is true, that that's what they wanted. Yeah. I think that over time that has morphed into something that says the federal government can use this principle to regulate anything that it wants. Well, how is that different from the first thing you said? Because it's regulate in the sense of prohibit or make a law that restricts or anything like that, as opposed to the original term make regular. So, but to make things regular, you have to inhibit things, right? No. So, like, what I think the original interpretation was is that Kansas or New York or whatever can't say you can't bring that good across straight uh, state lines, right? As a state from whatever other state, and the federal government's responsibility is to say either. You can under these conditions, or New York, you don't have a right to prohibit that coming into your state boundaries. In other words, to regulate means to make regular, right? So, Meaning consistently across all 50 states, the laws are all the same. Is that what you mean? Well, no, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm comparing and contrasting from the original, at least my understanding, definition of to regulate from what it is interpreted as today, which it kind of tends to be this blanket we can do whatever we want, right? You'll see like a law about, like even uh, silencers and suppressors are regulated or prohibited, you could say, except for with permits. And the beginning of that law states off, due to Congress's right to regulate, regulate interstate commerce, blah, 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 you can't have a silencer anymore, right? Yeah. Well, so I'm interested in understanding what you think the original to make regular meant like what does that mean in practice it means that this the country and the federal government has the right to determine what can and can't tra uh, transpire in between state boundaries in other words it is not a state right to determine it it is a federal responsibility to determine it right and you, you determine that by restricting things right no, well, that's it. That, so, like, restriction is not interstate commerce. It's prohibition, right? So, like, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is well, that unless, our— Unless our, that interpretation is anything goes, I don't understand what you think that originally means. It means that the responsibility of the government is to make trade regular. Well, I don't know what that—right. So, <laughs> and, and I think— Please. I think the confusion is is that the current understanding of the meaning is so widespread and so understood to be that way that it, it's hard to conceptualize what the original intent was, which was that 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 it it is a right granted to the federal government specifically. So instances like this cannot happen. Like what? Uh, uh, California can't say we're making a law that governs what Ohio 
can and can't export. Regardless of whether you think that's right or not, I think that that was the original intent. And I think it was put there for good purpose. Um, right, but but I don't understand what you think to make regular means unless it means every state can do whatever they want. Right. So if a it's regulator not restricting something. Right. A regulator on a car, like if you're regulating the RPMs. Uh-huh. If you shut the RPMs off, there's nothing to regulate, right? <laughs> there, ergo, regulation is everything except for prohibition, basically, right? So we can't say you cannot trade this between states, or and and what it is morphed into. And this is just a side point. Well, right, right, but don't talk about what it's morphed into. Tell me, I'm trying to understand the original thing. And what what you're saying is that it's not any, the federal government doesn't have any right to restrict anything, right? Isn't that what you're saying? They don't have a right to restrict trade, right. Okay. So, so with what? the Fed, and let me, let me, let me give an example. So like the federal government, has the right to say um, I don't know what's a law like I'm trying to think of one that has to do with goods um, you can't ship bullets across borders well I was thinking along the lines of more like something that I agree with with the law uh, child prostitution right can't okay travel well, that's across good borders one. But they can't do it on the grounds of trade. They can do it on the grounds of people have rights to not be traded in that way. I mean, I think that's a good example. And the point of the law is to protect individuals. I I don't think the government has the right to say, we don't like you selling this product. Ergo, we're going to restrict trade. Or we're going to restrict rent control. Or interrupt otherwise reasonable adults interactions that are fair and reasonable <laughs> so the, in the in the original conception where you're saying it's to make it regular yes i have no idea what that means except that you can do anything you want so meaning that that means nothing so if i've prohibited something am i making it regular let me just ask you that I'm trying to understand what's in your head. I'm not, so <laughs> I don't understand what you think it means. The original meaning or what I yeah, think it means Yeah, the original now. meaning. I'm so, trying to understand your understanding of the original meaning. And you, you said the, to make regular. The, 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 let, me, so, let me see if I can sum it up in the easiest way possible. It is a right granted to the federal government to ensure that states trade regularly. What does that mean? Regularly, what does that mean? That, that means that basically states don't have a right to interfere with the trading across state lines. And neither does the federal government. In, in my opinion, no, they don't. Okay, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know about the original meaning. So well, I keep, I'm not an expert on this. No, I'm not saying yeah. you are. I'm just yeah. trying to understand your understanding of it. Because I, I can't. So I don't. It feels like I keep saying the same thing. So for the fourth time, <laughs> it, it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is 
The Constitution says that the federal government has the power to make trade regular. And what that means is nothing can be restricted. Yeah, I mean... So the federal government has the power to make sure that nothing is restricted. That's what the Constitution says? Yeah, as far as products go. Uh, Products and trade between people. Okay. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not not saying that I, I haven't... But uh, that's no, just kind of my. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to argue whether you're right or wrong. I'm just yeah. trying to understand what's in your, what you think it means. So, okay. So, what the Constitution says is California can't decide anything about what comes into its borders at all under any circumstances. Right. Because any state who wants to ship a nuclear bomb to California has the right to do so. Well, under the Interstate Commerce Clause. Now, they might have broken another law, which is a different subject, but as far as interstate commerce goes, I have every right to move a nuclear bomb into the state of California, whether California wants that or not. Well, let me look at the other way. Let's say you're going into Texas, and Texas says, even though it's a federally prohibited item to transport transport between states, Texas is going to say it's okay to transport it. Are you saying Texas has the right to do that? I'm not saying anything. I'm no, trying I mean, to is that, is that the saying. crux of your argument? So, like, <laughs> what, what I'm trying argument? to say... I haven't even stated an argument yet. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just saying, yeah, about? I mean, I would say that if there's no federal law prohibiting that and a state wants to prohibit it, there's nothing that says a state has the right to do that. Okay. So, no matter how controversial the thing is like that, it's it's something that should go to federal legislators to decide. But they can't decide anything because the Constitution says they can't regulate anything. Or sorry, well, they, they can't are actively that. regulating, meaning they're not allowed to stop anything. Right. They're not allowed to maybe regulate regular trade and stuff like that. But I guess um, what I'm trying to say is, is that they do have other powers that they could formulate that on. And what I'm saying is, is that some of the things that the federal government has done, which I think are, are strange, is they say, well, nobody can have them. Um, and we're going to base our right to regulate this on our right to um, uh, regulate trade. When you say nobody can have them, what are we talking about? The big crates? We're talking about um, silencers. We're talking about um, uh, anything. I mean, even I think Obamacare uh, started off with, like, under the right to regulate interstate commerce. You know, like, oh, okay. What I'm so, trying to say is, is interstate commerce on the federal level has become the catch-all for anything that Congress wants to do. Okay. Yeah. Let me, and it, it, let me try to restate your understanding from the beginning and see if I'm right. So the, in the Constitution, it says that the federal government has the right to regulate commerce. Yes. And what that means is they have the right to stop anyone from stopping anything. Right? Yeah. You're not allowed to stop anything, and the federal government can enforce that. That's what the Constitution says. Yeah. Okay. And then further, you're saying that I think you said Obama on silencers or something. Silencers being blocked Alex. under the auspices of. Alex, you're fired. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So go so, on. Sorry. So Obama, when he says, hey, 
under the interstate commerce clause, I have the authority to stop silencers or whatever from going from state to state. Oh, sorry, I was mixing things there. I, no, I'm I wasn't just, trying to say Obama said that about silencers. That was oh, well, whatever. the act in like the whatever. 1950s. So any, any president, I, yeah. I wasn't trying to... So any president says, under the interstate commerce clause, I'm going to block something, that's wrong, is what you're saying. Is because under the interstate commerce clause, you can't block anything. That's the whole point. So uh, using, the, using the powers of the interstate commerce clause to assert that the federal government has the authority to stop anything is wrong because that's not what the federal government has the power to do. The federal government has the power to stop people from stopping stuff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so let me let me see if I can give a better explanation. Missy, Alex, why are you guys wandering off? What I'm saying is, is that <laughs> what the government can do is clearly defined in the Constitution, at least in my opinion. Whenever somebody wants to step outside of what is clearly defined in the Constitution, the Commerce Clause tends to be the default clause that's the catch-all that says, because we can regulate commerce... No matter what it is, I'm going to create this law that says we're going to prohibit this. Yeah, and you're saying that's a overreach of the federal government's constitutional that authority. That right there, yes. Yeah. Now, technically, what it means to regulate commerce, I'm not very well versed in what that technically means. Oh, I thought we established that. What I'm trying to say is, is that the thing that I disapprove of by the federal government is using the Commerce Clause to do anything they want, right? So, for example, let's say uh, the House and the Senate uh, gets enough Republicans that are anti-abortion that they can pass, it it is flat-out illegal to have an abortion, Um, and... Oh, and by the way, we don't really have a clause in the Constitution that says that we have a right to make a law like this. So what we're going to do is we're going to lead this law off by saying due to uh, the government's right to regulate interstate commerce, we're going to prohibit this. Right. Right. Would you agree with that sort of action? Well, I, I agree with the federal government doing things I like, and I disagree with them doing things that I don't like. So. Right. So would you, would you say they have a right to regulate abortion under that clause? Because any type of abortion is a payment to a doctor. It's a service rendered. Therefore, they have a right, and those type of things could possibly happen um, you know, across state lines. So they're going to say, well, because of all this stuff, we have a right to regulate it, i.e. prohibit it. Uh-huh. And that's how they lead the law off, which they do all the time. Uh-huh. Do you agree that the right to, for the federal government to regulate, regulate interstate com- commerce gives them authority to prohibit abortion? Well, th- that sounds like legal analysis. I have no idea, right? So wh- all I know is conceptually we have a two-layered government. Yeah, we have a state governmental system, and then we have Alex. a federal government system. And sometimes the federal government says that they are in control, and sometimes the states say they are in control, and sometimes yeah. the federal government agrees that the states are in control, and sometimes the federal government disagrees that the states are in control. And I find all that very interesting. So I like it when the federal government does things that I like, and I don't like it when states or federal government do, does things that I dislike. You know, so Alex. 
So, 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 it, lawyers spend their whole lives arguing about what specific words mean or should mean or meant or whatever at some point in time on a piece of paper, right? That they, that's their whole life, right? I I'm not really interested in whether or not someone thinks that something written on a piece of paper says or means something or not, based on whatever arguments they want to make about you know whatever. I'm just trying to trying to organize a mental model where I, you know, think about it in the abstract, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I find it very interesting. This is the whole concept of federalism. The whole concept of federalism is there's two layers. And sometimes the top layer decides we're in charge and your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We're in charge whether you like it or not. And then other times the top layer is like, oh, you know, you can decide that. And, you know, unless they, unless we change our minds. <laughs> And by the way, it's illegal to secede from the union, so you can't leave even if you wanted to. So, you know, have fun being a state, you know, that may or may not, (laughs) you know, agree with what's happening. So, yeah, no, I I think that's interesting. And, of course, we don't live under just two layers. We live under five layers, right? So you and I live in a sanitary improvement district that lives in a county that's in a state and that's in the federal government, right? Yeah. So we're under the auspices of a ring of, like, 150 different local state and federally regulated bodies that control various you know things so uh you know so it's a huge mess of circles is you know how i visualize it in my head is that all these different layers of power asserting their influence across you know every citizen's life sit alex so yeah so so like when the federal government decides something like uh uh, in the in the 60s when they're doing mandatory school integration and the president has to march the the national guard into the state of alabama or where the montgomery alabama is that where it was yeah to let the black kids walk into the school defended by 50 guys with rifles well i think that was good <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so uh when the federal government does something that i like against the yeah. will of the state even if the majority of people that are voting in the state to the extent that, you know, there's free and fair elections, but you know, that's good. And when the federal government does something that's bad, I think it's bad. So, you know, when Colorado legalizes weed and the federal government's like, Nope, that's still a class one felony. You know, it's as dangerous as whatever, (laughs) you know, I'm like, good state rights, you know, which state of Colorado can make that decision for themselves locally. They don't need the federal government deciding something. But then when, you know, a state does something I don't like, I'm like, well, no, fuck no, you can't make that decision because there's better decisions being made in Washington, DC on that specific issue. Right. And I I think everyone thinks that, right. So it's just a, (laughs) so, so the only thing I would add to that though, is that I just like, predefined terms and a stable structure and environment in which to operate my life. And, and I think that the constitution to me is like a stable set of consistent rules that people should follow in order to allow that and make everyday interactions fair. And I I think that if we held true to that, most interactions would be fair, whether or not uh, that would stop a lot of things from happening that people like or, or prohibit things, you know, that people don't like, whatever. Um, I, I think that what's happened over time is that Congress people, whether state, local, or whatever, have kind of latched onto this idea that um, they can do whatever they want and somehow manipulate it into some right that's granted to them. And that's the kind of the overall concept that I don't like. As far as, like, uh, Roe v. Wade goes... 
I, I think that um, I, I'm kind of surprised sometimes that people are upset that the federal government passed that back down to states as an official state right for them to decide. And the reason why is because that, that means that it prohibits the federal government from regulating it, which means that if the government wanted to make a law that prohibited it nationwide, the recent Supreme Court ruling says, no, you can't do that, right? Which, which recent Supreme Court ruling? The, the one that um, overturned Roe v. Wade oh, and not sent it the... back down to the states. So I think that it's actually a good thing that states are in charge of that because... Well, Congress could pass a law saying abortion is legal. And then the Supreme Court wouldn't have anything to say about that because Congress makes the laws. But the, the problem with Roe v. Wade was it wasn't based on a law that Congress passed. It was based on this, that, and the other thing. So legally, it was always like... Well, it was, right, it was based on the right to privacy. And how that works is, is that the Constitution says, well, if we didn't define it in, the, in here as a right that goes to the federal government, it goes to the states or the people, respectively. And then there's things that's kind of come up over time where, and I, I don't know the standard for which this is done, but if something's not specifically mentioned as a federal right, um, that, or an individual right in the Bill of Rights, that does not mean that it doesn't exist as a right. So somebody can't say, I don't have a right to breathe, because that's kind of fundamental to my life itself, and it's kind of implied that I have a right to breathe, <laughs> So, even though I agree that women have a right to control their bodies like that and make decisions like that regarding their own bodies, I also agreed with the Supreme Court ruling that basically said in that particular case, um, the federal government doesn't have a right to regulate this. On the grounds that they tried to for right. decades. Right. Yeah. And and that means prohibition or flat-out forcing states to allow it. Well, right. But Congress could pass a law saying, hey, abortion's legal. And that would be the new Roe v. Wade, except it would be a law this time. But then they would just deem that law unconstitutional for the same reasons that they deemed the... Well, I guess you could say... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not like a legal scholar, so I don't oh, know. No, I, well, no, I've listened to hours of people talking about this. So my understanding is the, the, the reason abortion was legal was because of the decision of the Supreme Court, which was not based on actions that Congress took about the issue itself. Congress shirked their responsibility to put something in law one way or the other. They never did that, right? And so Roe v. Wade was built on really shaky legal ground always and yeah. had been for decades. Right. And so people that were paying attention for decades have been yelling at the Democrats, hey, okay, it's nice that Roe v. Wade has done this, but we need a law because it, Roe v. Wade could get overturned any, any year now. And if we don't pass a law to protect this right, you know, to solidify it, the Supreme Court can just overturn what they decided in Roe v. Wade whenever they want to. Mm -hmm. 
and they never did, right? So Congress never actually made a law one way or the other on abortion, is my understanding. But, you know, I'm just an idiot, so who knows if I know any of that correctly. Right, but that's... and I get it, too, I guess. That I, um, in this particular case, they said, like, in the affirmative, I guess, that... So basically, a state said you can't ha- have an abortion. I can't remember which one it was in the most recent one. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, yeah, the state has the right to regulate this, and that's a state's right. I mean, you can't – to me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for them to say, well, you, all you have to do is create a federal law that says this if they've already deemed it a state right to determine. So somebody could maybe pass a law that says this that it was a right. But that would be pointless because they already ruled that it was a state right to choose that because it's not, there's no federal power granted to regulate that. Either way, whether or not I agree with that or not either, um, it's irrelevant because even if they, if it went that far, let's say they passed the law, said it was okay, they would say, well, there's not a constitutional right given to the federal government for you to do this as a law. All they'd have to do at that point after they struck it down as a law would be to just add an amendment to the Constitution that says it's a woman's right, right? And that's the process that we would have to follow in order to get it done through the federal government. I, I don't know if that's right or not. That's just my understanding of how it all works. I mean, that's a, kind of how... Uh... I wonder if the Supreme Court can decide that a amendment to the Constitution is unconstitutional. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have that power? Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the ceiling is for that, like how to get one passed. Like, I think it takes a big, a large majority. Either way, and this is kind of the same thing, you know, like in the sense that I think that what they're doing to pigs is horrible, right? I mean, that's, that is like exceptionally horrible to treat any living thing like that. Well, if you care, you should check whatever uh, pig base products you buy you should make sure that there's no gestation crates involved in the process I, oddly i don't hardly ever buy pork I, I don't really like pork oh well that solves that problem i mean i kind of like uh i mean I, I pretty much just eat beef chicken or turkey or fish <laughs> well i won't tell you about the tuna gestation crates then i mean but even with eggs though you we usually spend the extra money to get uh the cage free and free range stuff and cuz i i know they kind of do some jacked up stuff to chickens too either, either way i at, at a minimum i would say the supreme court's responsibility is not to make laws or rule from the bench it's literally just to enforce what the constitution says and if we don't like what the Constitution says, then the people that makes laws needs to just follow the process and amend the Constitution. I thought it was the executive branch's job to enforce what the Constitution says. Uh, to make ju- well, right, but they can be prohibited from enforcement through the courts. So yeah. So anyway, so wrapping up, I guess my. My thoughts are federalism is really interesting. Yeah. Whenever you have a two-powered, a two-layered structure, 
where the upper layer can arbitrarily decide when the lower layer does or doesn't have power. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not allowed to leave. <laughs> right. It's a law that you cannot secede from the union. <laughs> That's just really interesting. So you have all these people at two different layers that are all making uh, making careers out of... So, yeah, I just I find it... I find it fascinating that there are, you know, career politicians at five different layers of government, right? Yeah. Each of which may or may not be just usurped by the layer above at any time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have lower layers that are just like, ah, oh, fuck it. We won't cooperate with the upper layer. You yeah. Know? So, like, when Colorado legalized weed, but it was still, you know, class one felony at the federal level. They're just like, well, we won't cooperate with the FBI enforcing any weed shit in our state. Right. You know, they're just like, no, get out of here. <laughs> so the FBI is like, hey, uh, we're trying to break this uh, weed drug trafficking ring <laughs> yeah. in, in your state. We're going to, you know, land here and go here or whatever. And Colorado's like, no, you're not. Get the fuck out of our, you don't have permission to be in our state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well, yeah. I agree though. I do think that there's a lot of confusion about that and, and and it does certainly seem arbitrary. In a lot of ways I feel like it is arbitrary because we aren't really following the rules. What are the rules out? as you understand them? The rules are that states decide everything unless No, you, so what what is the federal government allowed to As far as um interstate commerce, the federal government has the authority to regulate it, no matter how you define that word, right? Well, no. So that means that any state regulation is superseded by that. Th- other things... <laughs> so, like, California could do intrastate commerce, because that's not specifically a right granted to the federal government to regulate. Yeah. Which is exactly why uh, uh, the Texas did a freedom suppressor law or something. They said that, hey, Cong- uh, the ATF is going off this law that basically got its authority from interstate commerce. Because that's how it leads off. It says, due to our right to regulate interstate commerce, we're going to prohibit these things. So Texas said, fine, we have a right to do intrastate commerce. So we're going to say, if it's bought here or built here and sold here, ATF, go fuck off. You don't have a right. Uh-huh. And then, th- and right now, there's a federal challenge against that. And in my mind, California has the right to do the intrastate commerce. They do not have the right to regulate interstate commerce. Well, I think they do because pigs are suffering and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, pigs don't have rights uh, granted to them by the Constitution. As much as I agree with you that it's a terrible thing, the the question is whether or not the state has the right to do what it's doing, and I don't think it does. And I I can't say, well, fuck you, Constitution, because I don't like the outcome of it. The right thing to do is to change the Constitution. And that's just the the framework that I'm operating under mentally. Uh. And... And to be honest, I don't like that answer. I'm not saying I like that answer. I'm just saying that's the facts of the matter. It's not at least how I interpret it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. The yeah, I don't know either. Government's been a mess since we started it, as far as I can tell. Started what? Uh, since the Revolutionary War, it's kind of been a mess. <laughs> oh. I told you about the the book Tempest at Dawn. That's a really interesting book. I'll have to check so that. It, it just it's a it's a dramatized version of the Constitutional Congress at the formation of the country. And ah, yeah. So all these you know uh, all these leaders. All these founding fathers and all of their arguments about how any of this should be structured at all, you know. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> they did a good job. Stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I don't really see any other alternatives that are better, but. Uh, well, it would be nice to have... Um, a representative democracy. That'd be cool. But I don't know that they could have done a better job at the time, given what they were doing. I don't know. Well, we kind of have a representative democracy, don't we? Uh, Are you so talking about, I, like, direct votes for laws and stuff? No, no. So what I, what I mean is uh, proportional representation. So if 8% of people vote for the XYZ party... Then eight percent of Congress is the XYZ party, that kind of thing. Ah, I think that would be healthier, but I think ranked choice voting would be way healthier. But anyway, that was way ahead of the problems they were having at the formation of the country. So here he comes back without the without the ball, of course. Alex, you need to stop doing that. I'm tired, so I think I'm done. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast. That may or may not be a podcast. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a generally confusing topic. Whoa, what is that toy? Oh, we got that today since Huey ran off with the other one. The other ones were like 22 bucks, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that because Missy tore that other one up already anyways. It hadn't even been. Those round orange ones are $22? Yeah. Huey? Oh, here comes Kelly. Is that Kelly? Yeah. Missy, hey, Missy, hell the hell? Well, I guess I could have let dude go, because that guy over there is working on that tree again. I thought that's who he was going. <laughs> Missy, it's Kelly. It's Mommy. Go get her. <laughs> Missy, what are you doing? Well, that's too bad we don't have a little mic for Kelly. Huh? Yeah, that's what. I was standing close to you so I could get your voice on the microphone. Yeah. Because we're down here podcast recording, and we don't have a mic for you. Maybe you could, like, talk. You could speak into my nipple. No, thank you. you want to speak into my nipple? No, thank you. What's uh, with the fuzz? You guys should just... That's, that stops the wind. It's called, it's called a dead cat, honey. You guys should just walk around shoulder to shoulder the whole time, speaking into the, the one lapel mic. Alex, hey. On, where's your toy, buddy? buddy? Don't let me interrupt you in this conversation. Wait, we, we never started talking about it. This afternoon. <laughs> Did we have anything to say? Maybe. Not really. I was, I was going to ask if you knew anything about the Kavanaugh stuff. You're like, do you remember when he got nominated and like all the the sexual assault and and then the gang rape act, uh, accusations came out? I, I wasn't really sure if you knew anything about it. I, I didn't know anything about it, so I was looking I into it a little bit. I've completely forgotten everything about So his name is Brett, right? Brett yeah. Kavanaugh? And yeah. that's all I remember. Is he a Nebraska guy or who is he? What's that? 
Is he a Nebraska politician or who? No, I don't he's remember on the who Supreme he is. Court. When he was nominated, he was the first nomination by uh, Trump. Oh, Brent they, Kavanaugh is a member of the Supreme Court now? Yeah. Oh, okay. And the reason why I kind of wanted to research it was because uh, that same one that you linked about the pig stuff, the newest one is about, uh, like, trusting the victim sort of stuff in the legal system. For, like, rape charges rape. of rape? and Yeah. yeah. And they were talking of they said a statement in there that I, I didn't remember being true at all at the time, which was that they were credible accusations. I thought that they were all dismissed because they literally were not credible. Well, how would that... So say he's found guilty or something, can he even stand trial when he's a sitting Supreme Court justice? Well, that was when he was uh, going through the process. I don't know how it works. Like, say a a sitting Supreme Court justice shoots somebody, right? I don't even know how that works. Do they go through the regular criminal system like everybody else or what? I have no idea. I don't even know how that worked for anybody like uh, like the president. or. So like regular, if you're just a member of the Senate, you can be put through the full legal rigmarole. Like that, that doesn't protect you at all. Yeah. Right? So like a normal senator, congressperson, whatever, they can all go straight to jail for anything. They don't have like diplomatic immunity or anything. Well, but I, I I've never the, even heard of a Supreme Court justice getting in legal trouble while they're sitting. Yeah. As a Supreme Court justice, I don't. Well, I thought that it was actually like if like if a senator or a house a representative or whatever, if they're like going to cast a vote, it's illegal to stop them from doing that. I thought. That's probably true. Like they, like you can't be like, oh, they're these five senators are going to vote for this thing and if we stop them then the bill won't pass so let's send a police officer to pull them over right. find something you know like <laughs> yeah I, I i wouldn't be at all surprised if they have like several hours of effective immunity yeah but well, i'd be very surprised if it was more than several hours everybody tired uh wait okay sorry so brett kavanaugh so he, he was in trouble before he even got nominated like, or this all came out after he was already sitting on the Supreme Court. It came out after he was nominated. So, like, he got nominated by Trump, and then all of a sudden there was people that came out of the woodwork and said, oh, this guy sexually harassed me. Well, the first one was somebody that said that uh, he was drunk at a party, and he, like, laid on her or something and groped her, and that was it. And her his best friend, like, pulled him off or something. Okay. So... And but all that came out before Congress affirmed him. Yeah, and it was part of the, like the uh, confirmation part, like getting testimony about it. And um, so, people, has there been new shit since then, or no? Not that I, not oh. that I'm aware of. The second one was Kavanaugh was drunk again, and he like pulled his penis out and waved it at her or something but like years years ago yeah like 1980 or something like that oh in the 80s <laughs> yeah i thought you were supposed to do that in the 80s yeah <laughs> am i yeah. in trouble now am i canceled <laughs> 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 shit hardly hardly anybody who's still alive is alive in the 80s so <laughs> and then, then there was a third person that came forth and said that uh, Kavanaugh gang raped her with a group of guys 
So, so what is the new, you're saying there's new stuff about believing the victim or something? It was that, that one, that, that podcast that you linked about the uh, pig stuff. Yeah. So like when you linked the pig stuff, I saw this one and it was kind of interesting. So I wanted to see what they had to say. So I listened to it and that's what it was about. It was about how our culture or some, uh, how they view victimhood and some of the history behind what it took to be accused of or to get somebody convicted of rape and all these different so there's things. there's some sort of case that the Supreme Court's working on right now, which ties into the Kavanaugh shit somehow? No, it was separate. I think they were yeah. actually promoting a book. But uh, Kavanaugh was in the book. Oh, uh, okay. They brought, they brought it up because they said that it was obvious. In the podcast, they said it was obvious allegations. Or indisputable allegations, I think, might be what they said. I can't remember, but I, I certainly didn't think it rose to that level at all, Missy. So I was trying to research it a little bit, see if well, I thought the definition of allegation was unproven. Yeah, credible as in, I think, to me, I guess a credible allegation would be there were witnesses or there's like video evidence. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I feel terrible for anybody victimized by anything like that. That's fucking awful, and those dudes should be in jail. But at the same time, like in college, I was terrified that I was going to get, you know, falsely accused of sexual whatever because we had all that training in the fraternity, you know? The the fraternity was like, hey, uh, you need to be... Alex, Missy. Beyond reproach in all of your dating because we can't have anyone accusing anybody of anything ever because, you know, we get the whole fraternity get disbanded and thrown off campus and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, as far as I know, there, nobody did anything at all uh, problematic when I was there briefly. I was in college briefly <laughs> in yeah. the 90s. <laughs> But but I just remember being like, holy shit, like somebody could say something that I didn't do anything and somebody could say something and which isn't to say we shouldn't believe the victims. We should. Like we should allegations should be taken extremely seriously. There's a, you know what, ten thousand episodes of Law and Order about this. So they did bring up an interesting story in there that um are you tired? There was a, I guess, a ca- case where a woman accused a guy of rape, and what the story was that uh, he held a gun to her and slapped her, and and, uh, and then he raped her, but she didn't resist because the whole time he had a gun pointed at her. Right, that's fucking yeah. rape. He should be in prison or killed. Yeah, so he was put in prison for it, but he appealed because she didn't resist. That's not. <laughs> And, uh, that doesn't mean anything, you fucker. And, and, <laughs> and then uh, he got out of jail because she literally didn't resist. And, you know, I kind of want to read. That just seems so far out there. Unreasonable to me to release somebody on that account. Uh, I, I just I feel like I have to research it to verify the validity of that because I just can't believe something like that would happen. You know, <laughs> I'm on the same page as you. I mean, that's 
there's no question what that was. So I'm sorry. I'm still I'm still unclear what the podcast you were listening to wasn't talking about a current Supreme Court case, or it was. No, not current. They were okay. what they, so they, were they just, it was it was about a book, and one of the sections of the book was actually about um, credibility and that like the lack of credibility that's given to victims that come forward. Because I think that they were kind of leaning towards anybody that comes to forward with an accusation should just be believed, I guess. I don't know. And throw somebody in jail or something bad needs to happen. I don't know. But uh, well, where yeah, Kavanaugh I mean, came up was not the opposite. Instead of a lack of credibility going towards the victim, you get this over-credibility going towards this person with some level of authority. And that's kind of where Kavanaugh came in. They were ta- they were talking about that and how it's in the book. And uh, that people saying, were well, believing him just because he's been nominated. And yeah, not. and he was nominated. He did get the nomination, but all the accusations came up during the hearing process with Congress and things like well, that. Well, God, I would hope so. Jesus yeah. Christ! Before you sit somebody for a lifelong government position, yeah, I would fucking hope that shit would be vetted. It's bad enough that we give any bonehead president two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for the rest of their <laughs> rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone people that <laughs> cannot even be removed from power. Almost almost under it's almost impossible, I assume, to get removed as a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. I don't know if any have ever been removed. I mean yeah. at least the president has term limits, so they're not in power power. Well, I, you know, what apparently President Trump's lawyers think that he has access to classified documents for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not classified. <laughs> because yeah. he thought about it. Because he said so. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of silly. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't even know if a Supreme Court justice has ever been removed. But anyway, I mean, if Kavanaugh hasn't done more shit or new evidence hasn't come out or whatever, then hopefully they vetted that as best they could back then. Yeah. You know, people... People were getting upset with Kavanaugh because he was uh, he was visibly getting annoyed with some of the questions that people were asking him about it. Kind of like presuming that he did it and all these other things. And um, he was his family was getting like death threats and all these other things. So there was a couple of times where he kind of lost his cool. <laughs> That's a, a conservative Supreme Court justice is getting death threats? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, really? At the time, his his wife was getting death threats and. I mean, I think that's pretty universal on both sides. But at the time when, at the time of his trial and uh, uh, his uh, nomination and all this, when all this stuff came out, uh, the, the, in the in the Senate confirmation process. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I can't remember which podcast it was where they were going through the statistics on death threats and credible threats and all that stuff towards politicians, and women get ten times more. Than men across the board. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So, so you know, Liz Cheney, Republican, right? Got a gajillion death threats. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, they're just running through the numbers of you know how many thousands of death threats, and then how many hundreds of credible death threats, and then how many uh, actions were taken, like. 
oh shit, okay, we're specifically going to go to track this guy down kind of thing, you know, anyway. So lots of senators get it. Um, uh, let's see, what did they say? I'm going to recap this incorrectly, I'm sure. But I thought they said that Democrats get it more than Republicans overall. And women get it way worse than men. And women of color get it way worse than white women. So if you're a BIPOC female in Congress, you are just deluged with with death threats. Well, it's interesting you say that because there's a, I was actually just watching a YouTube video about the death threats that uh, Major League Baseball players get. <laughs> so, like, they have this uh, percentage calculator that, based upon, like, any given event, they can calculate the odds of it totally losing the game for them. So, like, if I'm a shortstop and I miss, if I have an error, um, and it's at whatever point in the game, uh, it gives, like, a certain percentage that you're actually going to lose the game just because of that single error. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about uh, how various people have made errors in critical games and they get death, threat, death threats. Like, like they need to be put, like, into protective custody death threats. <laughs> From... Yeah, the umpires have entered a new era of death threats, too. Yeah, that, there was <laughs> an umpire on the list. <laughs> there was an umpire on the list, too. So the thing you were reading, was it umpires more than players or players more than umpires? Players more than umpires. Uh. And it was just the worst ones. It, was, it, it didn't even talk about all of them, but there were some pretty notable ones. And w- there was a one fan as well. There was like a fly ball that was going to go out. but. Nick, he's a really big Husker fan, and he talks about all the time how uh, Husker players get death threats all the time. College kids are getting shitloads of death threats? Oh, it's always been the case. Like, Really? People just freak out. Like, you know, Jesus like Christ. quarterback misses a throw he should have made, or yeah, the but coach fucking, makes a call that everybody... They're years old. Leave them the fuck alone. You're, they're not even getting paid. Jesus Christ. I know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The, I just think it's crazy, generally speaking how many unstable people there are in this world that do that shit. Yeah, but it's so much worse when it's it's children. Well, they're adults, but, you know, they're kids, basically, and they're not even getting paid to do the fucking thing, and you're going to threaten their lives? <laughs> Christ. Like, if, you know, if I'm getting paid millions of dollars, and part of the price of that is that I'm going to get some death threats, so, you know, I have, you know, a guy that I hire for security or whatever, that's one thing. When I'm playing a game for free while the university is taking millions of dollars, thanks to me. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to get death threats? That's fucked up. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a pretty widespread problem. and I, Hopefully we take that stuff seriously and let those people people know it's not okay to do that garbage. I, I just can't imagine thinking to myself, oh... Look at Good this boy. politician who's going to vote on this. Let me give them a death threat. Or Good boy. This, this receiver dropped a pass in the Husker game and lost the game. Let me give him third death threat. I just can't imagine <laughs> thinking like that as a human being. You know, like it, it just kind of drives me crazy. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with people. I don't, and I don't know how 
widespread that is in journalism too. But you know, I just saw on Twitter a local journalist got a really interesting envelope in the mail. I was like, oh crap. So hopefully everything's fine. And that person just has bad penmanship. Hopefully they're not uh, completely off the rocker. Yeah. Yeah, I think Alex is done too. He's going to start wandering off here in a minute. You need anything from Costco? No. <laughs> we just came from there. We should have. <laughs> $424. Well, I hope to not break your record. We're out of uh, bully sticks for Huey, so. Oh. Got to go spend $60 just on freaking cow penises for my dog. <laughs> That cow peen's kind of expensive. Oh, it's they've doubled since I... We adopted Huey a year, what, and a half ago? Yeah. And they've doubled since then. It's like, really? Shit. Oh, you probably want this. Well, talk to you guys later. Oh, Thanks right. for listening. Bye. Thanks, podcast listeners. I forgot we had them on.